information you can trust, stories you can relate to, and tips and tactics you can apply on your next adventure. Hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. This is the Battle Mountain Podcast. All right, welcome to the Battle Mountain Podcast. Uh, really excited to have Travis Hobbs on the other line. Travis, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. I appreciate you taking the time out this evening to hop on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Happy I'm, to do it. I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, I've, I've, ever since I met you, you know, I've always kind of bounced ideas and questions and all that good stuff about mule deer off of you, and. Um, Tonight, I was hoping that we could just kind of talk about, uh, you know, a little bit about aging mule deer and and ways that you are able to do that, and then maybe kind of take it full circle to where you know where you're finding older class mule deer as opposed to younger deer. So, yeah, cool, cool. So you know, when it comes down to aging a mule deer, uh, I mean, what what are some of the things that you're first looking for you know so mostly i look at like body composition like so if you're spotting something a long ways away like the first thing i look at is like body composition and it doesn't necessarily mean like i mean size but you're gonna see usually a little bit of a swelled back or a, like a sway back. You know, have you ever looked at an old horse? Like maybe that's a good way to, for people to relate. Like an old horse got kind of a sway back and kind of that pot belly. So that's like some things you can look for. Um, there's some interesting, like their face, you know, you'll see uh, later in the year, um, older deer will usually have, you know, a bit more of a white face. And then you start checking out their ears and a lot of times they'll have chunks missing out of their ears or, you know, just signs of age. Um, but one thing I guess I, I really ought to mention though, is man, aging deer, I think it's a very interesting thing because I hear a lot of guys toss out ages and I hear a lot of taxidermists say, Oh, that buck's this old or, Oh, that buck's that old man. I've been doing this a long time. Um, I have been lab aging deer now for a number of years. I've been kind of following. And one thing I have to admit, and uh, I know not a lot of people will, but it's not very easy to say like, Hey, that buck's six years old or that buck's seven, at least in my opinion with mule deer, there's just, there's too many variables. Um, there's too many, I mean, whether it be genetics, whether it be, um, the feed, um, some of the deer, you know, they don't, they don't really go to winter, you know, some deer summer on winter range. And I mean, every, there's just all these things that go into it. So when I hear people talk about aging, like an exact age, man, I have a hard time believing it. And I just, and the more Robbie Dennings talked a bunch about it, man, I, Robbie, has probably been doing and when i say lab aging deer what happens is is a tooth gets cut in half and they actually count and i they count the rings basically and it's about the most accurate it it, it is the only accurate way really to judge deer so when i talk about age i will not throw out an exact number unless i have had that lab age just because i don't believe 
I just don't believe it's accurate. I mean, I've had people tell me, so, so, I mean, throw out some crazy numbers. And yeah, there's a lot of guys that I think you can be somewhat close. I, I personally think I can look at a deer even on the hoof and I could probably say, oh, that deer, you know, is younger or that deer's older. But like, and maybe I ought to circle back and talk about like a few examples. So yeah, yeah. That threw me for a complete loop. So I hunted this deer in Idaho. Um, let's see. It was 2017. It was a hard winter. It was just after the hard winter. And I ended up finding this buck. Um, this buck was uh, in the summer, man. He just was an absolute giant. Well, I killed him with my bow and it was August 30th. I believe I killed him with my bow and man. So full velvet, um, had his summer coat on the buck scored 226 inches, man. It was a heck of a buck, but what's crazy, more crazy than his score or anything to me was that buck lab aged at three and a half years old. Holy and man, smokes. I would have never in a million years guessed that looking at him. But after we got that lab age back, it started making sense to me because I start looking at his teeth and I'm like, whoa, his teeth were in, and I had taken pictures of his teeth, you know, and kind of, and like his teeth were just in super, like it was a young deer. I mean, there was no doubt, but I guess where I'm going with that, he had a big body, like on the hoof, he actually dwarfed, there was a smaller buck that was with him that, I mean, uh, I mean, it was a good buck, just wasn't quite, but I mean, he dwarfed that deer. So I don't know. I think sometimes that there's like people, I mean, Man, I'm I don't know how tall you are, Zach, but like I'm 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 six three. Oh or six, man, two. I'm five six. <laughs> yeah, so there you go, man. And I, I mean, so there can be so much difference in, you know, and I think that happens with deer. I really do. Um I shot a deer this year in Colorado. So this buck, when I first saw him, I thought, ooh, that's a good buck. It's an old buck, but I got a bad look at him in the timber. And when I got on his tracks, I was like, oh, this buck, he had a really great, I, the next morning I got on his tracks. I'm like, man, he's got a really good track. He, uh, the way he went down through and was chasing does the night before he was kind of, he was kind of corralling the does and pushing a bunch of bucks, super aggressive. But when I saw him, I didn't immediately like think ancient buck. I really didn't. I mean, I knew it was a mature buck. Um, he had two cheaters. I mean, he was a cool buck. Well, I couldn't get him killed that night. And the next day I get on his track. So I'm tracking him. I'm tracking him, tracking him. I'm like, yeah, it's a good track. It's got to be him. So anyways, I end up killing that deer. And when I walked up to him, it was crazy because that deer was actually very small in the body. And when I say that, he was really bony. Does that make sense? Like yeah. he didn't have a whole bunch of meat on his bones, but he was kind of bony and after i processed him but his face his cape um it, i could tell i was like this deer's gotta be i knew he was over five like i was convinced then i look at his teeth and he's got significant teeth wear but i've shot deer with worse teeth that didn't age as old as he did and so he come back at nine and a half years old that's the oldest buck I've ever aged. Dang. But man, I've shot deer with like teeth that were 
way worse than that deer, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah. The way more worn down. Yep. And the Scarbuck I killed in Wyoming, and I killed him in 17, too. And so uh, that buck was, he lab aged eight and a half years old, had really significant teeth wear, and like his antlers from the year prior, I mean, he had went so far downhill. So I just, I guess where I'm going is, and then you just, it's so hard to say, man. Like, I think a lot of people throw that around, like they, like it's scientific or some, oh, this taxidermist looked at all those deer. I know a lot of taxidermists that look at a lot of deer and they might be able to say, hey, that buck's older. But if your taxidermist is throwing out by looking at teeth that that's like giving you an age, I hate to say it, man, but it's not true. And I, (laughs) it's just, and it's kind of controversial and a lot of people will disagree with me. But dude, I've just, I've seen so too much evidence. Like, and we're talking lab evidence. It's not my speculation that just kind of proves it wrong. And the guy that really got me onto all this, uh, Robbie, man, he, he's been doing it a really long time. And it's interesting when he was with me in Colorado and I was telling him, I was like, yeah, that buck's old, you know? And he's like, you sure you think so? And, you know, and we kind of laughed about it. And he was telling me this story about a nine and a half year old deer that he killed that he thought like he was like, man, it was, he thought it was mature, but he never, his teeth were in really good shape. Like no really significant, like below the gum line wear. Right. So it's really interesting. And he lab and that buck lab aged at nine and a half. And there's been some other ones that have kind of threw me for a loop. And so I don't know, man, it's just, but I do think what a guy can do when he's out in the field is he can be looking at deer and like kind of their mannerisms. I think you can look at body size and like a swelled back or a pot belly. I think you, and you know, they'll get kind of a, the Roman nose, everybody's talked about that. There's just features that definitely like are going to lead you to believe like, oh, that's a mature buck. Um, and that's that's kind of how I look at a lot. But man, I'm going to be the first one to admit if that buck's like a Boone and Crockett buck, I'm freaking whacking him. I don't care how, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. in a general season unit, I'm not yeah. letting, like if he's three and a half and he's 190, Dude, I'll smoke him every day, all day. So. <laughs> Hammered down. Yeah, so that, that's how I am. And I don't know if there's – I've heard a lot of stories about guys saying they're passing young deer. But, man, when I think the time comes and you – most guys, when they see a 170-inch buck, I don't think it really matters what he is. A lot of guys. There's a few that I know that could pass, you know, up into 180s. But, man, you look at a 190 buck on the hoof. A legitimate 190. They're giants. There are very few people that I think would, you know what I mean, that would not shoot that deer. So, yeah, no, I I agree with you too. And so, one thing that kind of came up while you were were thinking about that is you you talked about. you know, the, the scar buck that you shot in Wyoming and how his antlers had really regressed. Yeah. Um, if you have, you know, if you have history with a deer, um, do you notice any correlation in their age, uh, as to if, and when their antlers start to regress? So, man, that's another point that like is a really good point. And I got some anecdotal like evidence 
that suggests that that isn't always true. So that buck in particular, so he was a really famous deer that was kind of out on the Wyoming winter range. And a lot of people had photographs of him. I have heard, I have never personally taped the sheds, but I, I have heard numbers thrown out that he was 250 plus and looking at him on the hoof, I would have, I couldn't totally come up with a 250, like a legitimate 250 inch. Now the year I killed him, he ended up breaking off a fork cheater. Um, gotcha. So there was, he did lose some there, but still he, he was only two, he was two only, he was 211 when I killed him. So you think a buck that went from seven and a half to eight and a half and lost 40 plus inches that was pretty incredible to me, but given that year, he did, that was probably one of the worst winners on, it was his worst winner in the past 20 years, arguably. It is actually, that there's not even arguably, but that same year, a really close friend of mine, Scott Thompson, he killed a buck that he knew about eight and a half years old too. And that deer it went through the same horrible winter. And dude, that deer put on, I think it was like, I want to say it was almost 25 inches on his eight and a half. When he turned eight and a half on the exact same year. Now we're talking different States. His was uh, Utah. And you know, so there's some different migration patterns and that kind of thing, but still both deer were living far enough up up north and both were impacted by that winter so there's that that like there's that evidence um the funny thing is is like that three and a half year old buck i killed he actually man the year before it turned out funny that i actually ended up having pictures of him the year before and i just thought to myself when i took the pictures of him the year before i was like this is a really cool buck he had um that buck's kind of got some like cheaters that kind of like they're really they were really poking out um off of let's see here oh now i gotta think um <laughs> he had multiple cheaters in a row and basically that characteristic carried to the next year and i and i for sure was able to identify him it just took me a while after looking at some pictures i had saved but that deer was probably at two and a half years old was knocking on the door at 160 inches with four different cheaters a really good bug that thank goodness he didn't get killed because well and that horrible winter happened again and this buck's in idaho and he blew up to 200 and i think he was 228 so it went from let's say he was 170 228 um why he was that young now Another deer I'm familiar with that I chased, it took me five years to kill him. And I knew about him for five years while he was over 200 inches. That buck actually on the year I killed him was the biggest he ever was. And actually that his last year, and he's a buck that, man, I would give anything to go and dig up that jaw wherever it ended up at my taxidermist and try to get a lab age done because his teeth his teeth, he had the worst, worst teeth wear of any deer I've killed. They were unbelievable below the gum. The whole thing, his front teeth weren't even there, but he blew up 
the year I killed him and put on another, he ended up being like 246 and ended up, I think, uh, man, like the year prior was, I got sheds. I, I don't know. I ought to actually measure, but he just blew up. So that's the thing is I'm not so sure there's always, I don't know if age is really core. I don't know if you can correlate it to antler size. I think it probably has more to do with whatever moisture that deer was getting. Right. Um, there's just a bunch of things that go into it. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with that more. I I don't really think that 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 age has really. I think it's more genetics and, like you say, the the feed and right. nutrients. You know what I mean? Like Those guys that. have followed deer for multiple years and saw deer way uphill, way downhill. That I don't really see that um, in like the mountains. I don't really see that. I've seen deer. Most of the time, kind of, I've never seen a deer in my personal, like, that I've seen shrink or go downhill and then jump back up. I usually feel like it's a pretty steady, they come up, and then if they do go down, but I don't think a lot of them do go down. I think a lot of them, I I don't know, I've seen a lot of them just keep growing, so I guess that's kind of interesting. That is, that's super interesting. I think, you know, I I, I think it there's there's a few things right i i don't i agree with you where age um doesn't necessary isn't like the end all be all for big antlers right i mean yeah because just like the deer that you shot was 226 and some change or, or 236 what, what big <laughs> he was yeah. big and he he aged at three and a half right yeah um so if there's a deer out there that is 140 inches and he's seven and a half, um, here's another argument that I've hear, heard. <laughs> and, and this doesn't really have to do with antler growth, but it kind of does. Um, so take your, your giant 226 inch deer at three and a half and take a seven and a half, uh, 140 inch deer. Um, the by all rights the the brains and the smarts and the elusiveness of that seven and a half deer should be more because he's right, older he's sure. more mature and i've heard i've heard that. an argument where people are like well no 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 that that 200 and some odd inch deer is going to be harder to kill it's like just because he had the right genetics and the right feed um doesn't mean he's necessarily older. So I, you know, I just kind of bringing that full circle where I do, I completely yeah. agree with age. Isn't just saying, Oh yeah, he must be bigger. Cause he's older <laughs> for sure. Yeah, dude. No, you're a hundred percent right. And honestly, Oh man, deer with some age. I mean, they like, well, that buck I hunted in Colorado last year, dude, Holy cow. He freaking about, I mean, that was a tough one. I, <laughs> I about didn't get him, you know? And so, I don't know, with age, they definitely become just a little more cagey, a little more, they change, they, they're a whole different animal. A three-year-old, four-year-old bucks are a whole different animal than something five-plus, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think you'll uh, notice that, and especially uh, on public land, uh, what I've noticed is as they start getting older, you start to see more of the animals, uh, their be their behavior is, you know, not only most of the time, it seems like they're kind of off the beaten path, but also it seems like their, beha- their behavior is 
oh, I hear some sort of noise. I'm going to lay down in this tall sagebrush and nobody's going to even know I was here. <laughs> yep, for sure. <laughs> like, poof. It's like they pulled the Houdini. <laughs> Yep, they do. It's crazy, man. It's unbelievable. The stuff I've seen some deer do, it's it's unbelievable to me, especially the older ones. It's unreal. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with that more. So with that, you know, with with uh you know, obviously it's it's somewhat of a goal it seems like for every hunter to try and shoot a, a somewhat older animal. Um not saying that if they see a big buck, they're going to pass it up because they think it's too young. I'm not saying that much. Um, but obviously when we go out there, we're not going out there with the goal to shoot a two-year-old deer, right? For sure. Um, so with that, um, what types of terrain um, do you find yourself focusing on that kind of yield these older deer? So I think – you have to think about it from escapement. That's how I kind of look everything is like, can that deer have escapement? When I was younger, um, I eat my, one of my favorite things ever to do was hunt like the high country of Wyoming, like be in those Alpine basins. I loved it, man. I thought it was so cool that I could sit back and like, look at all these deer and I would be able to see them all day long. And that's fun. And I have no ill will to anybody that does that. Like it's cool. And I totally get it. But if you think about it, a lot of the times those deer just don't have escapement there. Like they cannot survive there. Like if a deer stays, especially nowadays, if a deer is up in the subalpine stuff uh, or the Alpine stuff above tree line, that kind of thing, man, his chances of survival are so minimal. If he doesn't migrate or push off there, when hunting season start, he literally has no chance. Long range rifles, um, man, we could go on and on. Just people getting into the back country, it's so much different. So I think, I don't think as far as like, I need to get far in or I need to get, I mean, I do sometimes, but I think of escapement as just like, where can deer, where, how can they, how can they escape? How can they thrive? Um, a classic example, the biggest, the biggest buck I, I, I ever took, that was that deer I hunted for five years. That's um, so cool. Yeah. And like, dude, the things I saw that deer do, like we could have a whole podcast on the things I saw that deer do. But what's crazy, we should. he lived on BLM two track, like a place covered in BLM two tracks road, two track roads. But it was in a weird place where everybody was always going higher. Everybody was passing through. It was kind of in a place. And, dude, it just didn't get a whole lot. And how that deer survived there. And, man, this deer was very interesting. As he summered, he lived on the winter range 24-7. So when what I mean by that is he literally actually wintered higher than he summered. He actually, as weird as that sounds, and I'm, <laughs> he yeah. So, but he did, and I mean, and documented that over a number of years. It's very interesting to see how that works. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and crazy. So I think a lot of guys are always thinking, oh, I got to get so far back in. But, dude, it was just a hard place to glass. It wasn't easy to glass. It was <laughs> kind of tall sagebrush, like broken. And there was just so much that deer had so much escapement. Um, so that that's another one. Um 
man, the buck scar in Wyoming, how a deer live that long on public land in a place that dude, there were so many guys in there hunting elk and stuff. In fact, I had talked myself out that that deer couldn't have been there. Like it's so crazy looking back. But as I look back, there was so much escapement in there. There really was like, he had so many and I would go so many times, like you just wouldn't see him. Right. And so that's, what's important is escapement. I think hunters get very frustrated when most guys get very frustrated. And I mean, me included, I'll, I'll throw myself in there when you can't see the deer or you're not seeing them. Yeah. But when you can see deer every day and you're looking at all these deer, man, it makes you feel good. You know what I mean? It kind of is that morale booster. Yep. And I think that's why a lot of guys like hunting stuff that they can see deer in all the time. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I agree. I think it's, uh, I, much like you, I think that's, that's some of the stuff in, in I, probably like yourself, there's certain places that I go out and I hunt and I think to myself, I might see a deer and I might see a whole lot of nothing. Um, but going out there, knowing that one, it sets you up for not being near as pissed off when you don't see anything. Um, and two, uh, chances are you know you go out there and in my mind i'm thinking man it 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 could be a really big deer though um which is for sure which is like what happened with my wife and i this year i don't know if you saw her buck but uh she shot i mean a hammer buck once in a lifetime i mean his main beam is wider than the palm of my hand Dude, that's so cool. That's like, it, awesome. It's just crazy. We had no clue what we shot until we walked up and looked at it. But it was just in one of those spots. And, you know, if if we'd have been playing around on side-by-side or truck or whatever, they'd have just bedded down the sagebrush. It's like four foot tall, you know? For sure. And it's just crazy. Um, but like you say, he was in a spot, like you just mentioned, very good spot that he could get out of if he needed to or bed down and nobody would even know he was there. Yep. So. And yeah, that's th- the thing is, man, I think so many guys just, they're, uh, if they're not seeing deer, if they're not happy. Um, there's a lot of times that, yeah, I mean, you got to just hunt stuff that's getting overlooked. Like to find a true giant, like it's really got to be stuff that guys are overlooking or something that, uh, it, you get what I'm saying there? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Um, so when you are uh, like that, like that place that you were just talking about when when you mentioned, I, I think I actually might have the deer pulled up right here, um, and you mentioned that, it, mentioned that it was very hard to glass. Yeah. Um, what kind of stuff goes through your mind to keep you there and hunting? Because I, I agree with that. When when I feel like I can't glass, I, I'm not so worried about if I'm seeing lots of deer or not. Um, you know, if I have seen one or two mature bucks in there over the course of hunting it, I know it's worth glassing it. Um, but when it's hard to glass, like either you can't get up on a high point or um, – you know, it's really dark timber or whatever else. That's a whole different story. So what, like, 
Did you just believe he was there? You're like, I'm just going to keep pounding it till I find yeah, him. Yeah, man, that's that's kind of well. It was actually where I ended up killing him was so open and so stuff that I convinced myself that he couldn't be living there. That's what happened, man. And like he was literally living next to some ag fields. <laughs> moved down off the BLM, moved into some ag fields, man. And like I convinced myself there's no way he could have been down there. And when I found him before so this is a it was a long five year process. I mean, it was just but basically <laughs> started learning, saw the deer on the winter range, and like, holy cow, this is a good buck. And then you end up I ended up finding him. Um you know, actually it was my buddy saw him um during hunting season one year and then i saw him in a little different spot but we just you start putting puzzle pieces together and man once you start putting those puzzle pieces together that's sometimes what it takes and like literally man i look back and i think how there was times we would go weeks without seeing that deer but i was making mistakes man i was going up on a, a spot that i thought i had to get close to glass in there because the vantage point was so much better and one day man i'm rolling up to this glassing spot and dude the deer i saw him out of the corner of my eye going through sagebrush that was like over my head dude holding his head low like <laughs> sneaking out of there That's and i realized sucker. i had been screwing him up like that dude i was going in glassing and he was seeing us like dude this deer did I, it was crazy, man. I watched a truck right, roll right next to him down one of those BLM two tracks. He was bedded. The guy stopped, man. Like, and that deer didn't move a muscle. Like the things I saw him do, it, it just, I guess what it did was teach me that deer taught me a lot. Gotcha. That you cannot, you can look at a place and think you're looking at everything, but there are so many little folds. There are so many little things. So like that deer, I got lucky, man, that I had got knowledge of him and was able to keep hunting him or I would have never got that deer killed. It would have just never happened. And then you start putting all those puzzle pieces together and things start making sense. And all of a sudden you're on him and you might see him, you know, once here and you're, try to talk yourself in oh no there's no way you can be here but man i think nine times out of ten when you find a deer until like i don't know october it depends on the place but man a lot of times you do trust your gut and trust your scouting when you see a big buck because i've screwed it up a lot too man i made so many mistakes if i could go back i should have i should have a freaking house full of 200 inch bucks that i've screwed up in my life but it's just <laughs> you just learn and you just keep learning and that's why i think i love it so much yeah i uh, for sure i mean it that, uh, that's probably one of the most appealing things about hunting and archery to me is that it's a challenge every time you step out there yep and and the challenge never honestly uh, every once in a while you get kind of not really a gimme, but more of a gimme <laughs> for sure, you, you know, but uh, those are like the ones that just kind of, when you're about ready to just throw the bow in the garbage, <laughs> those are the ones that kind of keep you going, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, I, I, that, that was, that was wicked. Just kind of learning about 
some of the different terrain to look at and everything like that. And and I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it's so hard to uh, so hard and, and somewhat impossible to look at a deer and go, "Yep, that deer is this many years old." It just yeah. And there's probably guys that are better than me, but I man, just over the years, like the more in times I hear guys throwing out ages like looking at teeth and like the just what i've seen on the lab aging i just i don't know man it's just one of those things and i think and there's probably guys that can be really accurate or pretty close i mean they've looked at deer i don't know their whole lives i mean i'm not that old i'm only i got but i got quite a bit of experience and i just i've just after doing this lab aging stuff it literally changed my whole mindset on everything that I thought I knew. Like I kind of proved, eh, maybe I don't know. Cause man, I was that guy. I was that guy saying, Oh, that buck's gotta be seven or that buck's gotta be eight. I, I really was thinking like I, I can tell and just after time and really start getting that data just threw me for a loop, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess with, with, um, uh, kind of the last question I have on aging anyways, uh, as you have learned that, uh, there's, there's so many different factors to age and there's not a whole lot of correlation between what the deer looks like on the outside. Um, do you find that you're more accurate now when it comes time to guessing, or are you just like, Oh, that deer could be four and a half or it might be seven and a half. Let's shoot him. After I shoot him, I'm going to know for sure. <laughs> like, I feel like I can get, and I feel like there's a lot of guys that can say, I, and I want to make sure I emphasize that point. Like there's a lot of guys that can look at a deer and say that deer's mature. That deer's not right. And right. I think like I can get within a, a reasonable amount, you know right. what I mean? But just when I think I've got it, I'm getting it figured out, I'll get one that just freaking throws me for a loop. And I shot a deer, um, man, I'm trying to think which buck it was, but I, was it last, I don't know, it might have been a deer I shot last year. I can't remember which one, to be honest now, I'm forgetting, but I, I shot one and I was convinced he was old, like he had this big old pot belly, sway back like I was talking about. Yeah, like, yeah. that deer had to be five plus and i think he and i was convinced he would have been like six seven and i think he come back at four and a half and i'm like well there i'm and dude this deer his body was just it was enormous man he was like when we packed him out and i was cutting him up i was like whoa like this deer has serious weight i mean just mass like tons i mean i probably the most meat I've ever got off of, it was impressive, super impressive. And so it's just funny. It just threw me for a loop because I was like, well, that deer really was pretty, pretty young. So I guess, I guess the bottom line is just lab age your stuff for one. Like it's so fun. There's a bunch of different services. Robbie Denny, dude, he does it for guys. It's 20 bucks. It's the best 20 bucks you'll ever spend. And it's cool because you can look back and say, man, that deer survived these winters, or that deer was born here. It's just cool, and it kind of opens your eyes up. And then, like, you can look and say, oh, well, I was in a pretty horrible unit in Colorado, and, man, I pulled out a nine-and-a-half-year-old deer. And, I mean, word on the street is you can't kill a buck over seven in Colorado anymore. And, like, right. so you know what I mean? That It just 
I don't know. It's just fun, man. It's just one more thing. I honestly, I'm like a little kid on Christmas. I'm texting Robbie saying, dude, when are those results coming out? Get me that information. Driving him crazy. And then he goes through and he toys with me and plays a whole guessing game. He's like, I think that's how it was. Yeah, he's like, what do you think? And yeah, so it's fun, man. It's really cool. And it just, it really, for 30 bucks or whatever it costs, it's well worth it. It's it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's super easy to do. Yeah, I wonder I wonder at what point or if it ever will come to a point where they they make stuff like that mandatory. Yeah, you know, I was at honestly Wyoming, um, they're doing a bunch of stuff with it. Um in fact Wyoming's gonna start posting some data that's kind of a little sneak uh that's a little tip i've been watching as this develops so wyoming's posting tooth lab age data on their website um from uh basically you can send i think i think you get uh an envelope in the mail i think everybody's gonna get one now maybe i'm wrong on that or maybe it's just limited entry. I'm not sure. I know my wife got one for antelope. So, but I think it's kind of becoming a common thing. And I've been hearing some, um, man, one of the coolest bucks. Well, my favorite buck that's been killed in the past 30 years was the Gil Rodden buck. And that was a Wyoming buck. And dude, his buck come back up four and a half years old. And this thing's like pop can mass. It is so cool. But he just got his lab age stuff. And I'm pretty sure he got that from I think Wyoming did that for him. So there's some states that are offering it and you can look it up. So that's kind of cool too. Or you can just do your own and send it in. So someday they probably should. It'd probably be some really interesting data for states to crunch. And I don't know, they at least ought to offer it to yeah. hunters if they want. You know what I mean? Like even on a volunteer basis, it'd be kind of cool. Right. Yeah. I wonder what all that would uh change uh you know what what kind of changes that would bring to you know knowing that data uh, you know what kind of changes that would bring to um to i think hunts and tags and all that stuff yeah and that's kind of interesting because a lot of states i mean and it's a proven fact that um man like i think it's like eight bucks to 100 does will breed like 99 percent of the does so that's kind of how a lot of states manage deer um but it would be interesting to compare a place that has a super young age class to like a place that has um like a higher age class and maybe like within states like they could kind of crunch some data like hey maybe we're getting a little more recruitment or maybe um our bond to doe ratio staying a little higher there's just some things that i don't know someday all this information you know it's just there's getting to be more and more of it we're learning more all the time like all this all the studies about uh, deer traveling um these collar studies man it's really fun and I, I don't know if you've been watching some of that stuff but like some of these bucks and the migrations they're going on or the i just said bucks there's some bucks but some of the deer um the does it's insane how i mean it's unbelievable man it's just super cool some of this stuff is really changing how we thought deer behaved acted it's awesome and it's so cool to see and there's tons of universities getting involved now i mean across multiple states and the more and more and these these collars are becoming pretty cheap and so now states are 
able to put on more and more deer every year they're putting more on and it's just cool to see some of these migration corridors and man how important it is and if one's cut off just awesome stuff man it's just hopefully all this technology can maybe help uh some of this uh, offset some of the other technology that maybe makes us a little more efficient <laughs> yeah yeah that that's for sure I, well i i think it would definitely bring a whole different uh kind of like view to it you know kind of a i don't know i don't know about three thousand foot view but it would definitely be a different view that it would bring um if you know if it was kind of a mandatory thing like hey shot deer cool we'll send you the deal and we we can give you the results, but we're not going to even make you pay for it. You yeah, know? for sure. I mean, because I'm, I'm pretty sure if you're in Wyoming, I'm pretty sure they offer it now. And I, yeah. So, but honestly, and if you're not, and you just want to look it up for yourself, yeah, seriously. And I have had so many guys like it's become a pretty big passion of mine. I have tons of guys that are like telling me they're messaging me, dude. I'll bet I get a message a week saying, man. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Like I never really thought much of it, but I did it once and now I'm addicted. And that's the truth is it's, you just kind of start doing it. And it's like, Oh, this is fun. (laughs) One more thing, one more bit of information to put in and, you know, and all that stuff, everything you can learn about deer. I don't think you can master them, man. I've, I'm going to do my best to try, but I know I am a long, long ways. There's so much more I want to learn. Right. Well, I, 100%, man, I, and I don't think learning ever stops, which is probably a big part portion of yeah. why we enjoy it, you know? Yeah. So, well, Travis, I can't thank you enough for hopping on and kind of diving into aging and the things that it can show you, and um, then also talking a little bit about uh, what you're looking for when you're looking for these older class deer as far as terrain goes. Um, and you brought something to light that I don't, I, like you say, I don't think a whole lot of people think of. Um, yeah, for sure. I think man. the common consensus is go deeper and farther away from everybody else, which can work. I'm yep. not, obviously I'm not saying that doesn't work. Um, but oh, much, yeah, sometimes that is the tactic and that's sometimes, I mean, that's why I, I wouldn't own mules if it didn't help. Like, <laughs> it, like sometimes that's what a guy's got to do, but not yep. always. Yep. Yep. Well, like I say, man, I, I do. I really appreciate you hopping on this evening. Awesome, bud. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one.